Today's scripture reading is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Turn this over to Anderson. Let him do it. Each year we try to come before you and and give you a sort of an overview of where we think the church has been and where the church is going and kind of bring you up to speed in terms of the things that we think are need to be done and the things that you believe need to be done. So a lot of this comes directly from you. So on behalf of the Shepherds, I'm going to present a few things that are happening here this year and uh, hope this will keep you informed and in the loop of what we're trying to do. Three things in three areas we're focusing on. Stewardship, fellowship, and membership. Stewardship, let's first talk about that. Shepherding groups. Several years ago, we formed shepherding groups, which essentially what that is, is we've broken the congregation down into small groups of 25 to 30 people. Each shepherd taking on that particular group to pray for, to watch after. And we've been doing that for several years. And some people have said, well, who is my shepherd? We're all your shepherds. You're not pigeonholed into one group or another group that you need to be worried about. Do I need to go see this person or that person? But we are there and we are taking care of you in the sense that we're praying for you. We do this individually. And quite frankly, when you're praying for somebody daily, it's easier if you have a few names to pray for than four or 500. Even though we pray for this congregation, we do that in a way that we think is focused on you and you directly. And if you have some specific issue, we'd obviously want to address that. But we always, always want you to remember that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Safety and security. You've seen we've made a few changes for safety reasons. The children are now on this little place here because we didn't almost had some, we had one fall off actually. And we were fortunate no one was hurt. But we've also talked to you a couple weeks ago about the safety of our children in a broader sense, those who are teaching, those who come in contact with our children. And so we're doing these background investigations for those who are in, t in contact with children. And that's underway now with Renee and Ricky. We also, as you know, we've had a police officer on campus for several years. Uh, but we're also evaluating other ways of making this place as safe as we can. That includes somehow looking at the doors and how those are secure, uh, cameras perhaps, but really the eyes and ears of any safety program is really in your hands. You have to tell us if there's an issue that we should be aware of and we will work on that issue. That's gonna actually be evaluated by a committee shortly and you'll be hearing about that in the next uh, few weeks. Financial plans. As you heard last week or two, I think it was two weeks ago, you saw that our debt has down to under $190,000. And we have a couple of guys on our eldership who said, they did the math real quick, CPAs that they are, and said, well, that's about 18 months away. Yes, it's months away, and our debt will be gone. Thank you. 
Even last year, even though we had a smaller budget last year, we've increased the budget this year to 15,000 per week. But even last year, your giving last year outside the budget for foreign missions was really incredible. And this year we're increasing our missions budget and uh, we're also improving our classroom size. If you kind of watch what's been happening, our, our classes are growing. Uh, Bible studies on Sunday morning are really increasing. And even on Wednesday nights, we have a number of kids who come here. Uh, Ricky's got about 30 kids that are here sometimes on Wednesday night. Uh, of course, our, our youth program through Renee, young children's program is also growing. So we need to improve our classrooms. And we built, we're building a sub under the chapel, we've expanded that one. That will probably hold up to 50 people at one time in a class, which is a large class. That should be ready in the next couple of weeks, hopefully be ready for us to occupy. Later, the, excuse me, later this year, we're going to be looking at the kitchen. Uh, Nona and Charlotte have been looking at this for some time. The kitchen is really was built with the idea of a commercial kitchen, and that's really not really what we do here. We don't prepare meals here. You guys prepare them at home and bring them here. So the function of the kitchen has really been somewhat detrimental for us. We don't really need a commercial kitchen. We need a little different kind of a kitchen. So we're going to be looking at that later this year and uh, seeing how we can manage that. Fellowship. You see the fellowship that goes on here even at worship. You saw how Raymond has brought us into a broader fellowship here. And we really enjoy that. The meat and the greed of the way we do things here is helpful. Uh, but it also helps us if you'll wear your badges. And uh, because it, we don't know if you're a visitor or not necessarily. Sometimes these faces, I've met people that have been going to church here for a year. And I didn't know they were members here. Um, but you also know we had the candlelight service this year. I thought that was a very touching and, and fun time to have and, and very beneficial to this church. We're also, by the way, as you may not be aware, the praise team, which is usually about four or five down here, is practicing on Wednesday nights, and they have 25 people coming to learn to sing. And this is going to be a great benefit to us in the long run. The idea behind fellowship is to really get you out of your rows and to get you into circles. And we do that really mostly through community groups. This morning we were studying in Daniel, and it's kind of interesting, when Daniel was in kind of in the a pickle, he called on his little small group to come and pray with him. So these community groups have been going on for a long time. But our, ours have been going on here for a few years, and we're trying to grow those more and more. And we're going to begin to invite more and more of you to join these, these community groups. They really are beneficial to all of us. Also, this coming summer, Raymond has started another thing, Look Who's Coming to Dinner. And this will be during the summer in which we'll have some small groups. And if you saw the movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, I don't know if it's going to be quite like that, but it's going to be something different. He also wants to start a senior saints program where there are more activities, more groups together, getting in, getting people out of the rows, getting them to interact with one another with games and other things. And we're going to continue with our brunches and our picnics. Membership. You know, in the old days, whenever you changed churches, you brought a letter with you or they sent a letter to the other church sort of recommending you to join. We don't do that anymore. We were talking about this morning, and it's really a rare thing to see a letter coming from a church. Uh, sometimes they send us a letter about you, but that's another story. No. 
And he went, sent us one on Jimmy, but we didn't believe it, no. But we have the starting point class is one way of getting to understand how this church is organized and how things are done and a way to get you engaged in community groups and other ways. Because our intention is for get you be, be included. We want your inclusion in this whole process. Uh, but there's other ways that you can identify with this church. And let me say one thing that's very beneficial to us. If you have not used the directory on your phone, please do that. Uh, Vicki put this together oh, several months ago, and all you gotta do is come in the church office, she'll download the app, she'll load the pictures, you have all the information you need about every person here. Of course, we need some new pictures for some of you, but we still need you to look at this because I think it's a very important thing. So placing your membership here, identifying with us, can be done very easily. Uh, whether you go through starting point or not is not really relevant. You can tell one of us, you can tell the office, we want you in this directory. We want to know if we can administer you in any way because it will enhance your fellowship experience here. And we believe that most importantly, after all of that, it will enlighten your knowledge of Jesus. Because our mission still remains the same, leading ordinary people to an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Good morning, church. Before I uh, dive into my second half of this morning, would you bow with me in prayer? I love you, God. Thank you so much for shepherds who care, um, who are more than just on the clock, uh, but themselves are on a mission. Thank you so very much for uh, all the ways in which uh, both our new elders and our uh, elders who have been serving diligently for years and years have begun to join their hearts together to dream and to to pray, to study, to connect anything that they can, God, to try to help us be the church that you have dreamed for us to be. And Father, I ask a special blessing this morning on my part of this um, Mission Sunday, and we ask you to please um, help me, especially this morning, you know, um, I'm not feeling very well. I just thank you for um, your spirit's power to overcome our weakness. And it's a sack lunch this morning, God, and I'm asking you to, to mold it and to shape it and to touch it in a way that helps uh, complete um, helping our church see where we are asking them to follow. Please, Father, help us to lead, but help us help our church to follow. We want to stay behind all of us, the great shepherd of shepherds. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said. Really do ask for your patience this morning and your forgiveness for those of you who have seen me kind of walk by you briskly today and not really make a lot of eye contact. I'm not feeling very well. Um, but when I call on a Sunday morning, nobody answers my phone calls. Because they are worried that I might be asking them to pinch hit. And so um, here I am this morning. And I will be making a quick exit. Uh, so please uh, bear with me and your patience as greatly appreciated. I love to run into people who are on a mission. Gil and I were blessed to go up to Lubbock, Texas um, Friday afternoon to send a 
to attend the graduation of my son-in-law, Travis. He has just finished a year and a half at Covenant Nursing School and has graduated with his RN's degree. And um, we were headed up there to rejoice with him about that. But we stomped on our way up. I can't remember the small town. I think it was probably La Misa. Um, and we had their famous uh, bacon, egg, cheese biscuit. But what was more impressive than the taste of that wonderful treasure God invented um, was a lady on a mission who served us. She was friendly. She was helpful. She was efficient. There was nothing minimum wage about her at all. Nothing. If she didn't own the place, I guarantee you she'll own one of those establishments one day soon. Just an amazing lady. But she wasn't on the clock. She was on a mission. And I think you love it when you see that I saw it not too long ago in one of our teachers here. No my, no way, no how. Looking at a clock, wondering what, what, how many hours she'd put in with her paycheck. She respected her kids. She taught with a passion. She was on a mission, and you were glad to be a part of a class. Doesn't matter whether you're talking about a plumber or a politician, whether you're talking about a mechanic or a minister, you can see it. Are they punching the clock? Or are they passionate about their mission? I got to see that in my son-in-law this week, and boy, was I proud. You ever been one of those um, occasions where there are several people who are going to receive awards, and they ask you to hold their applause until the very end? And then, of course, some idiot family doesn't. That was us. <laughs> when he walked across the stage, some of his friends from church there had the signs made. Of course, we weren't the only. I mean, probably two people in. There was 28 students that were in the graduating class, and two in started the, I don't even know why they asked you to do that. Rebecca Salazar. And then here we, everybody was going nuts. And then it would see who could outdo who, you know. Well, we're the only ones who had signs, baby. <laughs> uh, we're so proud. They offer an award to one student, and here's what the award says, who exemplifies excellence in skill, acquisition, teamwork, exhibiting compassion, respect, and dignity to the patients and their family, to fellow students and instructors. It's called the um, Clinical Excellence Award, and Travis received that. Don't mind bragging a little bit, but I really am honored. He is such a neat man. He's found his, his calling. And I promise you, it's already been established in just his training. This is a young man who is going to be serving, not because he's on the clock, but because he's on a mission. He told me, he said, Dad, there's something that borders on the sacred when you're present at the beginning of a life. When you're there, actually in the midst of saving a life, and then when you're helping someone let go of it. He said, it's almost sacred. He said, and I get to be a part of those moments with people, and I can't wait. He said, I'm going to bring all the skill and ability and compassion that God's given me to those situations. Now, all that stuff could just be placed on a sign or said for a father-in-law to impress him, but I don't think so. I think that's just who my son-in-law is. It's awesome to be around someone who's not on the clock but is on a mission. I don't know how to say it any other way than just straight up front. Um, the leadership of this church hopes that when people 
cross paths with the members of the Kerrville Church of Christ. That they see a person, a man, a woman, a teenager, a child, who's not on the clock, but on a mission. Not someone who's just going through the motions, not someone who's just there to be there, or just for what benefits him, but who's there for the benefit of others. And, and you can just see there's, there's just something different about them. Something that you, you want to connect with, that you want in your own life. I get it that we're all a mess. I get that we're all a work in progress. I get it that, that we fail and we make mistakes. And it seems almost inevitable that in those moments, Satan puts someone right there to see it. I get that. But that doesn't stop Jesus from reminding us that we're on a mission. And calls us to living a life worthy of the calling that we've received that reflects the humility and the gentleness and the patience and the sacrificial love we've received to others. I know you're a mess. I know you don't get it right. But Jesus still calls you to be on a mission. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I've commanded you. I came to give you life and life to the full, those things we've put together in what we call our mission statement. It's because he wants us to be light that shines before others so that others can see the good works and give glory to the God in heaven who has blessed our lives. When someone encounters you, let me ask you now then, how, how do they perceive you, someone who's on the clock or someone who's on a mission? When it comes to your walk with Christ especially, are you someone who's on a clock or are you someone who's on a mission? Don read it a few moments ago, but I'd like to read it together as a church. Here's our specific mission for the Kerrville Church of Christ. Read it with me. Leading ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. Now, how are we going to do that? Here's our mission steps. By loving God, loving neighbor, and living life to the full. Say that with me. By loving God, by loving neighbor, and living life to the full. Vivian took her first steps in doing that today by going public with her faith, by declaring for us in this world and in the spiritual world that we can't see, I choose Jesus as my sovereign. I take up the mission that just as he was sent into this world, God, please now send me. Now to help her grow We've got some tools here at the Kerrville Church of Christ that, that we're talking about today. Don did a great job of doing uh, that with a few items that and I'm going to follow up with, hopefully not be repetitive about any of them, but I might kind of cross over a little bit. But one of the things that I hope that Vivian takes advantage of is being a part of our mission that's our youth, te our youth in teens in our middle school class. Ricky Pruitt is a man who's not on the clock. He's on a mission. Amen. If you had a chance to be around him at all, you know his passion for those kids. It's been amazing to watch that youth group not just grow in, in number, but I mean grow in depth, especially in the area of serving. There's Colton and Corbin doing what our teens do. It's not at a water park. We do water parks here. It's not at um, Six Flags. We, we do that kind of stuff here. But one of the things that has become a, a, just a heartbeat of our youth groups is service. 
We head down to South Texas and we help some folks have a home that maybe not even be quite as good as most of ours in this room. Because our teens love to serve. They're catching that from someone who loves to serve through Ricky, but also through so many of you who join them on those mission trips. The next slide, please. Here's one of the VBSs that was going on down south in the Harlingen area. Our kids love to teach. It's because you've poured your life as teachers into them. Because they've seen you on a mission, they want to be on a mission as well. And I just want to say on behalf of the elders of this church, thank you. Keep going. Keep serving. Keep being passionate about what you do. That doesn't start when they're teens. It starts when they're little ones. We have a program called Summit Kids and where we purposely instill in those kids a hunger for mission. It may seem innocent enough, but there really is some purpose in them starting at base camp on Sunday morning and then putting on their backpacks for an adventure. As they strike out this week, this week, this particular six-week section they happen to be in is the gospel is for everybody. And so they're studying Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and Stephen and Paul. And there's very unique classrooms that are geared toward not just sitting and learning particular facts or places, but actually in one room, tasting. You may be tasting Jericho jerky one week. Bamana muffins the next week. Who knows? Paul's popsicles. They're going to be tasting something that ties the story together with what they're learning on that particular day. And then they're going to build something that, in the craft room. They're going to watch, uh, 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 hear a story about what's going on. They're going to actually act out that story. We're getting them involved in the story themselves because we really want them to believe beginning early on in their lives they're a part of a bigger story than their own story. They're a part of a mission that's bigger than their own mission. And we start in Summit Kids. And we've got a lady that's helped leading that. Her name is Renee Bailey. And she is a woman who does not punch a clock. She is a woman on a mission. And she's so grateful for, I think she said, 55 of you a week who help to put on Summit Kids and teach children's church so that we truly can plant a seed in our kids' hearts that they've been called to a mission. Those are just a couple of the tools that are available right now through our church's ministry. I had on here Raymond and his worship ministry, and I'm glad that we get to double up on that. Um, we talked about Home Depot last year. Remember that? Well, part of our Home Depot extension is just that look who's coming to dinner. We want so much for you to realize as a church, your home, not this building, your home is the depot of discipleship. And so this year we're focusing on how do we get us together more and know each other better and deeper and wider and stronger. Next year we're going to take on an emphasis of going out in some specific ways. But this year we're really looking in in some ways to try to strengthen those relationships among our church family. And Raymond's brought some very creative ideas about how to do just that. And he is a nut, isn't he? But he's a man on a mission. And there's a reason why we ask him to come and not just be our worship minister, but our connections minister, because he, it just spills out of him. He loves to connect people to God in worship, but he loves to connect you to one another, and he wants to connect the world to us. He's encouraging the staff. Let's not think being just a welcoming church. We've got to be an inviting church, and we do, because we serve alongside a man with a mission. A couple of other tools that I want to make you aware of that are part of our tool chest in 2018, we're going to invite you to take advantage of. 
The first one is a marriage retreat. That's a one night. We're calling it a date night. If you've got that slide, go ahead and go there. Money in marriage. There's Rachel Cruz. That's Dave Ramsey's daughter. If you ever wonder what one of his kids looked like growing up. And there's Dr. Les Parrott. It may be Perot. I don't know exactly how you say his last name. Had a chance to watch the video. Looks like it's going to be some good stuff in San Antonio. That's a one-night opportunity to just stop for a second, grab your honey, head to San Antonio, eat some dinner, and then enjoy some fast-paced, fun-filled laughter along with some very specific practical takeaways for you and your marriage. Now, one that's a little bit more in-depth is called A Weekend to Remember. That's in November. About every other year, this fellowship tries to make available to church couples here in our church the opportunity to get away for a weekend. You, a couple of times it's been at the, the Hyatt in San Antonio. We pay for the registration. You cover the food and, 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 and the, and the room, room rates. But we try to make it as reasonable as we possibly can, and no one who can't afford it is going to be left out of any of that. We scholarship several couples a year for both the registration and their rooms. But we, we want to do what we can on this side because we realize how, how many marriages are lost once they get to the crisis point and they're looking at the exits, how few of them are actually saved and turned back. We want to invest on this side of it. When, when maybe there's some problems, there's some difficulties, some differences. If you've been married more than two days, that's true, right? And, and to head that off at the past, well, we've got some things in place that we want to help you with, and we're making some tools available. That's uh, the Money in Marriage with Dave Ramsey's daughter and then also the Weekend to Remember. Two years ago, we brought back something that uh, John Rich has been a passion of his heart uh, and has taught this both on campus and off campus, and that's Financial Peace University. Uh, it's one of the ways that Gail and I, early on in our marriage, were given some principles by which we were able to to do fairly well with our finances, freeing up money that we could both help others with and also enjoy life with. We want to do that with you. And Dave Ramsey has one of the best courses to do that in just nine weeks. And so on Wednesday nights from 6 o'clock to 7.30, we're going to invite you to come. We've got room for 32 people total or 16 couples, however that, that works out. Have a feeling we're going to fill it. We filled it last year. We're going to try to fill it again this year. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, Outside right now, beginning this week, is a sign-up sheet for that in the foyer. We truly do believe that one of the, the powerful, most powerful tools you can have in your toolbox as a Christian, as a, as a person in the world, is being able to handle this incredible gift God's given you in money. And the better that you're able to handle that, the more you're able to give it away. And God loves to have great funnels who can do that. And so that's going to be coming up this spring. A couple of other tools I just want to mention real quick. Ladies' retreat's coming up. It's going to be February the 23rd through the 24th, weathering the storms of life. Marilyn Knight, one of our own uh, wonderful teachers here, is going to be a part of that. And I want to encourage you ladies, if you can, to be a part of that. Guys, we've got a retreat coming up. If you've got your phones, I'd like for you to pull those things out. Mark, April 27th through the 29th. Rick Ashley is coming to be our speaker this year. And so we already have uh, the guys that have been coming from, um, is it Huntsville? Is that where the Taylors are from? Yes. Huntsville have been asking if they can bring 25 guys this year. So we only hold 65 in, in, as far as the camp goes. So, guys, we've got to get busy here because I, I, I know the 40 is going to fill up quick. So you want to get on that sheet that's going to begin next week of, of signing up for that particular retreat. But that's April the 27th to the 29th. And the last tool I'm going to talk about this morning is GLS. I, I've talked about this off and on 
Maybe not so much on Sunday morning, but a lot with our Wednesday night folks because I've been asking them to pray, but I've mentioned it once or twice to you. It's a global leadership summit. It's a tool that our staff and our elders and the Arms of Hope leadership have used for the last five, six years to be a part of. I think maybe Arms of Hope myself a little bit longer. But it's a way in which leadership can go and spend two days and have their cups filled with an absolute rock bottom price. Bill Hybels and some of the best uh, business people in the world as well as the most passionate Christian teachers all speak about leadership. Believing that whenever a leader gets better, everybody wins. We're adopting that as kind of our, our theme for this year because we're bringing that by God's grace and partnering with Shriner University. It's actually come true. They said yes, and we're all in. That's going to be April, um, August 9th and 10th right here in Kerrville, Texas on the Shriner campus. We're the host group. They're the host site. And you'll be hearing more about that as we get closer. Why are we doing that? Because we really do want to lead ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. And we realize that there's probably a lot of those that aren't going to ever come to our church that we can do that with. So we want to go in our own community to people who are endeavoring to, to be cup fillers. And we want to try to fill their cup for a couple of days. And in the midst of a very sublime but very serious Christian seminar. Learn some leadership principles that will be valuable to their business, be valuable to running a hospital, be valuable to running a police force. Because whenever a leader gets better in Kerrville, Kerrville wins. And so we want to be light as much as we can in so many places and lead in that capacity, not just simply be on the caboose and attend. We want to be leaders in that. And I'm thrilled for our elders to give us a chance to try that on for size and see if it fits us very well. But I've loved so far, we had our very first meeting with Matt Goodwin, who's the assistant dean of students at Shriner. And to see the facility that we can have this in is just phenomenal because they have the capacity right there for us to have tremendous meals that, that uh, can be served. The people never even have to leave the campus. And, and so I'm excited about the potential for that. We have to, our, our, our goal this year is 200 people already. We, have, we haven't even begun making people aware that we're even doing it. And we already have 100 folks that are ready to, to sign on. That's just been from word of mouth. Those are the tools that I wanted to talk about this morning. But I want to be wrapping up by saying this. Tools don't make a difference. It's the people who are wielding the tools that make a difference. Those tools aren't making much of a difference, are they? They're just sitting there. They don't come to life until... Someone wraps a hand around it, picks them up, and with a dream and a vision starts working that tool in such a way that it starts to make a difference. And something amazing, hopefully, comes out of that. Put a sling in the hand of a kid on a mission, God's mission. And giants fall and countries are rescued, asked David. Put a sack lunch in the hands of the bread of life. And all of a sudden, a sack lunch becomes a meal for thousands. Put a towel in the hand of a Jewish teacher and have that heart filled with humility and a sense of mission. And all of a sudden, you watch prideful men and women turn away from their own agendas and make his their own.
and the world's never the same. Tools don't make a difference, people do. And the people who make the most difference and the lasting difference are the people of God who let him use them as tools. That's what this leadership is asking you to allow us to do. Is to you because all the stuff we've talked about that involves tools available from our church, none of them happen without you. And it's part of the, the serious, very real reason why we need for you to let us know. Count me in. It's why we have starting point class. It's a great way for us to get to know your story while you know our story. Yes, it's a great way for you to know the values that are running this engine of this ship that we're on. But it's also a great way for you to to find out how and when and where you can use those talents and gifts and abilities God has so blessed you with that we are so desperate in need of. Tools don't make a difference. People do. But the people who make a difference aren't the ones who are on the clock. The people that are on a mission. And so we're asking you to come be on mission with us. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you that your son lived mission he left heaven and earth and came to this place knowing what all he would be involved with knowing all that would cost him and still and still loves us after that still loves us after enduring a cross still loves us after the shame still loves us after the ridicule and the betrayal you've left us a lesson father that we're never going to forget but you know us we run from those things we need the power of your Holy Spirit alive and working in us. And we, we had a chance to witness it again, how that comes into a person. When they stand up and go public with their face saying, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to put my life in his hands. And so, Father, if you've brought someone else here today who, like Vivian, wants to leave here today, a follower of Jesus Christ, would you, would you nudge them with your spirit to come and find me and say yes publicly? And if you've brought someone here today who realizes, God, they've... They've been a tool in the past, but they've not been available, not in the present, not for you anyway. And they want to change that, and they want to allow you, Father, to place your hand around them and use them for your glory, for your purposes, for your kingdom. Would you let them know, Father, that, that your grace is still free and is open and available to them as it is to Vivian? Please. Draw them as we stand and sing this song. But Father, we're asking, would you help us as a church to not be a people who are just on the clock, but to be a people on mission? We can't do that without you. Come fill us. Let's stand, church. Let's sing.